there is one thing I gotta know. Mm-hmm. What's with the spandex? That is not spandex! Hello, this is the Bloobcast. I'm Ewan. I'm Rob. And I'm James. But the question is, why are we the Bloobcast? Yes! Yeah! Yes! Okay, so for today, we are doing a Bloobcast first and taking a look at something that was suggested to by a listener. And we are taking a look at the 2009 season of Power Rangers, Power Rangers RPM, which was the last season produced by Disney. And before I explain a bit about what the premise of this one was, I want to give a thank you to Thomas Meehan, who got in touch with us via email a few months ago. And this was one of the things he said he wanted us to talk about. Sorry it's taken a, a while to get this out, but um, um, we had a, a schedule was kind of booked in and this was like a, the first slot we had. I hope the episode ends up being worth the wait. And just a reminder, if you want to, us to look at anything, you can get in touch with us on social media or email and, and all that information will be at the end of the episode. Yeah. Power Rangers RPM, get, get in gear! gear. Da, 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 da. This series is set in an alternate universe to like pretty much every other version of Power Rangers and it's set on a post-apocalyptic wasteland following the outbreak of a computer virus called Benjix who conquered the world with armies of robotic soldiers. The last remnants of humanity live within Corinth, which is a city encased within a dome. In order to combat Benjix's attack bots and defend the city, a scientist named Dr. K has created a group of Power Rangers. A computer virus has built armies of robotic soldiers and taken control of our world. But there is still one place we can be safe. The domed city of Corinth. And the only hope we have left is... Who do not wear spandex, as she will very angrily tell you if you dare to call them spandex. It is spandex, though. <laughs> yeah. Basically, this show is Terminator meets Age of Ultra, meets Mad Max, meets Clint Eastwood, meets The Simpsons movie, meets Power Rangers with a little bit of Godfather thrown in. <laughs> yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can explain and all of that if you want. <laughs> the, the beginning of it is amazing because it basically is just Mad Max turns up in his V8 uh, and he's driving around the, uh, the, the Mad Max uh, apocalyptic wasteland. And uh, yeah, it's wild. His... Power Rangers, kids, the entire world has been blown up and it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. Getting right into it, I think the um, strongest episodes of the show are the opening episodes because they are so different to your typical Power Rangers season. We start off with like all the surviving humans fleeing to this dome city and we get brief introductions to some of the characters who end up becoming Power Rangers later on. And then we skip forward a year later to when like, like everything's a wasteland. And we meet our future Black Ranger with his like Mad Max car in the desert trying to get to this dome city. And then like we're slowly introduced to the world through his eyes. And then as we go on, we get later episodes showing the backstories of the main characters prior to the Vengex attack. 
and it's just really cool very different thing. it's really really experimental kind of thing no it's wild like it's this whole new story i guess like it I, I understand that the original power rangers was all like very magic based i think it was a guy called uh i'm gonna look him up because i did i did look up his name zordon that's it yeah zordon with, and he was like a weird magician and he was looking for teenagers with attitude alpha readers escape recruit a team of teenagers with attitudes This is this is not the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like we said, this is very much Mad Max world, and yet all of the characters have horrific backstories. Um, where they all like, uh, they're all tragic, and it's all sad, and I, I love it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, literally, that this show does a better job than the DCEU, which is the DC Extended Universe, where like you know, like <laughs> genuinely, they I I'm impressed with the writing of this show because like that. Batman vs Superman. There are two characters that are thrown in: Wonder Woman and Batman, and none of the and well, you know Lex Luthor. And all that. They don't have films that like you know explore their characters. Each Ranger and Doctor K, who we will talk about a bit later, literally gets an episode exploring each of their characters. We all get you know familiarize ourselves with them. Um, so yeah, it does a better job fleshing them out than the DCU. So I, I like that they you know have a lot of extensive character development throughout the show. Uh, they're all full of death. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's really nice, they take time to introduce stuff, like, kind of incrementally. There's a, you know, like, Dr. K, we don't meet Dr. K in person until a good few episodes in. At, at, the, at the beginning, um, she, she's, she's like a robot voice that talks to them, and it's, I think it's kind of like the original show where it's like a, yeah, a weird robot thing is, like, talking to them. Um, but then it, but then it's like, oh no, it's a real, it's a real person. She was behind, is the the woman behind the curtain, as it turns out. Um, sorry, we've spoiled spoiled a twist. Is that Doctor K is like a teenage girl? Um, but that's a fun twist in its own right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of great, a lot of great touches like that. Before we go any further, I think we should do our staple and discuss kind of like our history with Power Rangers. Um, so basically, I actually used to love Power Rangers as a kid. Genuinely, like, when I was a kid, I was always about Power Rangers, I was always about Pokemon and, you know, all that other stuff. And Digimon as well. Digimon was always this thing that, you know, obviously came on TV all the time. I don't know why I've said it like this is this thing. Everyone knows what Digimon is. When I was a kid, I grew up watching uh, the original Power Rangers, uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, I also watched the, um, what was it called again, Rob? The Wild, is it Wild Force? Wild Great Force, for yes. And uh, I was always obsessed with the Blue Ranger in that, who was a shark um, ranger. 
Uh, so he's based modeled it after a shark. I also watched the the Power Rangers involving ninjas and stuff like that. that oh, Ninja Storm. Um, Ninja Storm, that was it. But also, the ultimate one that really stuck with me was Lightspeed Rescue. Uh, that was like the first proper uh, show that I watched of Power Rangers and I really kind of got acquainted with the franchise as it were. And I played the video game of that on PS1. At the time I thought it was like the best thing ever but actually it's terrible. Um, and no one should ever play it ever. You can watch it on YouTube and uh, tell me I'm wrong. You should all play it. <laughs> Just to spite him. Do it! <laughs> no. <laughs> no please! <laughs> Like, with Power Rangers, uh, it's something that I've always loved as a kid. And I kind of... It's funny because I still carry a lot of the things I loved as a kid with me as an adult. Like Oddworld and um, Star Wars, Marvel, um, Pokemon, etc. Power Rangers I've long forgotten about. So it was kind of weird to kind of just get a suggestion, a suggestion saying we should watch Power Rangers for this episode. Because I thought, oh, I've never watched Power Rangers for a very, very, very long time. So then I watched RPM, and that was a bit of a shocker to me because I just grew up, you know, the what you and described as like you know these magical warriors and stuff like that who have summon robots, and it's all a bit kid friendly and a bit lighthearted. And it's like, oh, here's the show you grew up with, but everyone's dead. And that was a bit of a shocker. So um... <laughs> it's weird because the show make like RPM makes a point of like never saying kill, like they, they never refer to like people like the whole world kind of dying. It's the classic thing of like characters say destroy rather than kill kind of thing. But then like they do show characters die in the first episodes and it's literally like close family friend and friends and all of these things and you go, oh my god. Anyway, continue Rob. So, uh, James, sorry. It's like growing up on the Teletubbies and then like watching it again and like everyone <laughs> suddenly it's like a post dystopian world where the sun's the bad guy or something. Uh, That's why it felt like bad guy. Yeah, Nunu is like Vengex's robots that he sends out every week. At one point he'll he'll do the download and, and turn into a giant version of himself. He'll just suck up the, the entire Teletubby world. Um, sorry, James, we've completely derailed your, your story. No, no, I finished. That's that, I think that's pretty much it, to be honest. <laughs> I was aware of the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when it was on, but as I was born a few months after the series premiered, uh, most of my early exposure was through cultural osmosis. I remember, definitely remember there being like tin spaghetti in the supermarket, which is weird because I remember mom, I used to make my mum buy me the spaghetti, even though I didn't eat the spaghetti, I just liked the label. I remember watching Power Rangers here and there, and I had a few toys, as well as a novelization of an episode where they fought a bee monster. But the first time I remember watching full episodes of the show were during Power Rangers in Space. It wasn't something I watched super oh, yeah. often as I wasn't always aware of when it was on and my parents didn't really want me watching it. I think because, um, yeah, A, because it, my mum was a bit funny about American shows, as she called them. And, of course, um, you've, it's funny when you look back on the show, but when it came out, it was pretty controversial because of all the punching and kicking. They were like, oh, it's too violent. 
I think it was because kids were copying it in the playground and causing serious injuries. So, yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah, in spite of that, I did catch the show when I could. I particularly remember the episode of Power Rangers Wild Force called Forever Red, which featured all the Red Rangers from previous seasons teaming up. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's do it, guys. And I kind of watched it on and off throughout the years. And then I think it was around Power Rangers Mystic Falls. I kind of um, just lost interest because I was like a teenager at the time. I'm like, I'm probably a bit too old to be watching this now. A big part of my reintroduction to the series was when I was about 17. And there was an internet content creator called Linkara who he mainly does comic book videos. But he did a series of lengthy videos talking about very, like a retrospective on Power Rangers called The History of Power Rangers. And I remember watching those and they caught me kind of thinking, oh, there's actually some pretty cool stuff in this show. And I started checking out some of the various seasons based on what caught my interest. And the two I particularly liked were Power Rangers in Space and Power Rangers Time Force. Uh, around this time I did watch RPM and I did start getting into it but I didn't finish watching it because the site I watched it on used uploads to a site called Mega Video. don't know if you remember that but it was a, um, a relic of a bygone era. It was a bit annoying at the time because you could only watch like a certain amount of footage per day without signing up for an account that you had to pay for. But then it got taken down by the US government trying to pass an act called SOPA which is another one of those stupid attempts where People who don't understand how the internet works try and control and regulate it. And because I never found another site to watch the show on, I just moved on to other things like Spider-Man and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And in recent years, Power Rangers has kind of become my, I say, guilty pleasure franchise. As in, I enjoy it while fully acknowledging how stupid it can be sometimes. But I am a big fan of the Boom Studios comic series that modernises the original Mighty Morphin show and takes itself a bit more seriously. And I got really into the fighting game Power Rangers Battle for the Grid over lockdown. 
but it wasn't until we did this episode where I finally sat down to watch RPM all the way through, and yeah, I had a good time watching it. Nice, and uh, Ewan, do you want to go ahead and tell your story as well? Yeah, okay. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, I saw it on TV at a friend's house, uh, and I knew I was aware of the cultural phenomenon. I'm sure that there was like some yeah breakfast cereal that had Power Rangers on it. I'm sure I got it as a toy in McDonald's, um, and, <laughs> and that's about it for about 22 years or 20 or so. Um, no, I, I I was aware of Power Rangers. I never really watched it, or I, I I I didn't watch it to the extent that you guys have, where like you guys have very clear memories of episodes. I don't remember any specific episodes. I just remember like the general format. Uh, the guys are all fighting, um, and then, like, the, the evil monster man gets really big at the end, uh, and then they, they turn into a giant robot. And they have uh, a kaiju fight! And they, and they, yeah, and they have a big kaiju fight, uh, and it looks a bit like, uh, yeah, the old Godzilla things, because they're all in these really kind of silly costumes, and, um... Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I remember, like, as a kid, even, like, even really young, my sister pointed out how sexist it was that the that the, the, the pink ranger was the girl. Uh, and then, of course, I later discovered that apparently the black ranger was a black guy and the uh, yellow ranger was, was Asian. Uh, so there was very questionable stuff <laughs> at the time. Um... <laughs> A funny um. trip because obviously the um, Power Rangers it takes footage from a Japanese show. The um, footage yeah, that Mighty Morphin yeah. used, um, the Yellow Ranger in the in the like, Power Rangers was a girl, but in the Japanese version it was a boy. They just I think so. Props to the Americans for adding in an extra female cast member, even if it was a bit weird. Suddenly um, they, she turns into a boy, kind of. Well, yeah, and, and that's another thing, is that I was somehow aware, I don't know, who, someone must have told me as a kid, but I knew that um, there was the American version, and then there was the Japanese version, and it was like a whole different thing, and I, I somehow knew about the localization process, like, when I was fairly young, um, and I can't remember how I know that, or how I knew that. Yeah, it's pretty obvious in the earlier seasons because... Is it? Foot- <laughs> well, at least watching back in it as an adult because the footage when they're like fighting the monsters and everything looks completely different to the American shot footage and it's... I think because they filmed it on different like types of film so like the the footage where they're right, like, as yeah. the Power Rangers fighting monsters is always way more grainy than the actual American shot footage. Yeah, so maybe as a kid I was watching it and it was like really blatant, I don't know, like where, you know, like it was obvious that it was shot at different locations or whatever. Uh, But yeah, no, so I didn't really watch it. I was kind of like uh, James where I kind of just forgot about it. 
Uh, there were some things here and there where I was reminded of, you know, I, I, I never really forgot about Power Rangers. I was always conscious of it existing. I didn't realize it had kept going after the 90s, though, which is the... I think a lot of people will be shocked by this. It is still going, everyone. Like, Power Rangers has not stopped. Um, they have not stopped making them, which is kind of fair play to them. Also worth no noting is that you said it's been going on since the 90s. Not only has it not been going on since the 90s, but it's literally stuck in the 90s. Like, the, the style of the show. I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the same time, and I cannot tell the difference tonally from season one of Buffy and Power Rangers RPM. It was just like, I... What? <laughs> It gets even crazier when you when you think that the Super Sentai, the Japanese version, has been going on since the seventies. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, but the it's 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 a long going show. I did, I did come across Power Rangers a couple of times. One of them I wanted to bring up because I want Rob, who I think is editing this, to discover Brandon Rogers. Uh, so Brandon Rogers is a comedian who does um, interesting YouTube videos, I'll say that. They're very funny, but yeah, interesting. Um, and Brandon Rogers did a parody of Power Rangers where I think he dresses up as... Um, uh, Re is it Rita Repulsa? Rita Repulsa, yes. Uh, the Rita Repulsa, yeah. So um, I, I want Rob to discover this. <laughs> Girl, my name's Sharita Repulsa. Uh, I am an intergalactic star witch. I had a baby when I was 12 years old. Why? Because I'm evil. I'm so evil, I smoke cigarettes. I don't care. On weekends, I like to work as a parking enforcer. I am goddamn diabolical. One time, I stole my neighbor's Wi-Fi. I don't give a... F and that was my most recent reintroduction to Power Rangers and then yeah the last thing literally was uh, uh, we were requested to watch Power Rangers for, for the show and uh, and that was my reintroduction to the series but of course to a very specific series to RPM which is uh, a wonderful I guess gateway for me as someone who has never got into Power Rangers. It's a great gateway for me to get into it because it's got all the kind of weird post-apocalyptic stuff that I, that I like. So, um, so fair play to it. So I was just about to say, actually, this show has a lot of Fallout vibes. It really does, yeah. Like the, the backstory of the Yellow Ranger in particular, I thought. Yeah. Um, when well, it, like, you know, you see like by the way, rich just friends. See... Yeah, like, I don't know why, but that whole thing just reminded me of Fallout for some reason. It, it's got a similar kind of goofy tone to it, where, like, it's this kind of, like, completely clueless, uh, pre-nuclear war person suddenly thrown into this kind of, like, uh, very horrific future. It's great. No, it's it's really fun. And yeah, very Fallout-y. The, the, the entire series has this goofy Fallout tone. What I want to go into now is how this season kind of came about in the way that it did. So in 2000, I think around 2001, Disney quote-unquote bought Power Rangers. By that I mean they bought the Fox Kids programming block and Power Rangers just happened to come with it. Initially they were just going to outright cancel the show and air reruns. And then someone pointed out they could um, cut the costs of production 
if they just relocated production from LA to New Zealand. Uh, so from Power Rangers Ninja mm. Storm onwards, the show was filmed in New Zealand, which is ironic because when they moved the show over there, Power Rangers was outright banned in New Zealand. Like they weren't allowed to air it. I think they've relaxed on that, but at the time it was just oh. outright banned there. And um, yeah, during why? This, um, quote unquote violence, I guess. But yeah, during this oh, era, okay. hit, Carry on. Yeah. yeah, we did get some great seasons, like namely Dino Thunder, SPD, and Jungle Fury. But then we also got Mystic Force and Operation Overdrive, which, um, yeah, not so great. But after Jungle Fury, Disney planned on outright cancelling it again, and they wanted to instead produce an animated series based around Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But the producers of Super Sentai, Toei, um, they outright rejected it, and they were like, nope, you're not doing that. And I think because... Um, they still had a contract with Bandai who wanted to produce more toys and um, Jetix in Europe had like a contract for one more season. They were obligated to do this and they brought in this guy called Eddie Gazellian who had worked on American Dragon Jake Long, I think he was the producer of that and he'd, um, done, he'd written for Kim Possible as well. They got him on board mm. to oversee the season. With the, I think it was going to be its last, I think they were like, yeah, this is the last season, let's just go all out. That kind of thing. And you can kind of see because they took influence from Mad Max and the Terminator. Which is funny because the Japanese show is not like that. There is no post-apocalyptic vibes no. in Engine Sentai Go Onja. Oh my god, can I, can I tell you the premise of Goonja? Because I, I did read into it. The barbaric machine clan Gaiark was exiled from the machine world by the engines, who are huge machines that have their own will. With the exile, the Gaiark the switched their target to the world of humans and attached it to pollute the earth and attacked it to pollute the earth in order to make the earth more habitable. This is when three young individuals with hearts of justice stand up as the Goonjas. Anyway, so yeah, that's the premise of, um, <laughs> of this show in, in Japan, crazily enough. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, I mean, you can kind of see it. When you watch the show, you can see that, that influence. I think that's why they put the Dome City in there, because um, that was their way of using the footage and making it work. Mm. And it also reminds they me of the 1997 season of Power Rangers, which was Power Rangers Turbo. For that season, they had footage from a show called Gekitsu Sentai Car Ranger, which was an outright parody of Super Sentai. But 
The um, yeah. yeah, they didn't do the best job of incorporating that into Power Rangers. I think because there's a split in the writing team. Like half the writing team wanted to, um, to make it more dark and mature, and the other half wanted to embrace the humorous nature of the Sentai. Not sure how verified that is, but I think mm. that's just what I've heard. And there are other issues that season, like they replaced one of the Rangers with a 12-year-old boy, and that, that all that led to a massive drop in ratings, and the show almost got ca- got cancelled. Only for the next season, Power Rangers in Space to be so good it brought viewers back, and then that's why it's continued. Going back to what Ian was saying about the kind of like you know machines and stuff like how you can see the influence between the shows, there is a kind of like a sense that like there's I don't know if you noticed this, but you know the the villains of the show they look kind of steam slash diesel punk in my opinion. They kind of look industrial, whereas the you know the Rangers and the Dome and all that they kind of looks kind of cyberpunk. And like you know, kind of like digi- there's all digital technology. I think there's one point where their character actually says, "We don't use paper here; we all use computers here, or whatever." Um, but there's this kind of like idea of like this sort of polluting kind of force faced off against this kind of hum- human human um, uh, manufactured like society. I don't know. I kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy VII or something like that. You know, like where the industry is polluting the world and. I don't know, I quite like that uh, aspect of it. No, I, I can totally see that. Yeah, where the, the robot... Well, they even show at the end that um, they've uh, the robots have basically stopped growth um, in, in the outside world. Um, and it's, on, it's only when the... Spoilers, they defeat the robots. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's only after they defeat the robots that, you know, they, you, you see plants start growing again in, in the wastelands and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's very clearly uh, Vengex, the, the evil robot virus villain, uh, has, has been, yeah, stopping the world from, from recuperating after his reign uh, or during his reign. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting thing though. I was reading about um, well, I was reading about like the origins of of RPM, and it is quite funny that or or like the origins of Power Rangers in general. So Power Rangers was basically it was the like the, the American version was the brainchild of a guy called uh, was it Hayam Saban. Saban? Hayam Saban and and Saban basically saw Super Sentai while he was in Japan and was like let's do that in America or you know in in, in a kind of localized versions and um and so what's interesting is that it was more of a comic book thing because I know that Marvel was involved at some points and like so it was it was more of like a superhero-y kind of like product for kids to watch like you know for for like Saturday morning TV but what I find funny is that like RPM we're right back to Beast Wars, where it was very much made with toys in mind, whereas I feel like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was like, it was a show that then produced toys rather than, you know, toys being the primary goal. Because, uh, yeah, as you said, Rob, like, um, Ban- Bandai basically saved this show and, and meant that RPM happened, you know, because they were like, we want to make more toys. So, so we're right back to beast, right back to beast wars with uh, with toys being the the ultimate goal. Yeah, the show is kind of self-aware about. It. I think they yes. actually make a joke about it. Like Doctor K is like the, the Power Rangers are like having a proper go at her at one point, just saying like, "Why do the Zorgs have anime eyes?" <laughs> they actually say anime eyes. Yeah, and it's, I like how they kind of like yeah, explain exactly. the way they come like, back to the. Kind of explain the way the kind of the sillier aspects of the show. And I love that kind of like meta humor. It's like um, when like I made this comment about spandex 
Like, Dr. K is insistent that it's not spandex. And um, I forget her exact wording, but she's always, whenever someone says, why do you wear spandex? She's like, that is not spandex. Please tell me, where do you get your spandex? That is not spandex. The material is a self-assembly. No, it's, it, it is that she she comes out with these kind of techno babble explanations for what like what the the anime eyes are and what and why there's a big explosion every time they do it and of course the explosion is this kind of big animation or animated sequence of them turning into the power rangers uh so it is it is great it's like a little little tongue-in-cheek nod to you know Sometimes when I morph, I can't help but notice this gigantic explosion right behind me for no apparent reason. I, I assume you're referring to the residual energy runoff that are sometimes necessary to clear the suit's biofield channels during the morph. I'm referring to the six-story high fireballs like that one right there. Now, could that happen to me in the kitchen or something? And it's like, why do we have to shout RPM getting gear? Oh, the, vo the morphers are voice activated. And that's the code that activates your morphing sequence. I liked that aspect of the humour. But on the other end of the spectrum, there's kind of a lot of 2000s era Disney Channel humour, which didn't really work for me. But however, I'm 28 years old and this show is made for a... I think possibly this show is made for a younger demographic than anything we've looked at so far. Yeah, that's the confusing thing about this show. I was not 100% sure about it all when I was watching it either. Like, as you said earlier, Rob, you know, the first two episodes are great. Like, it's like watching Mad Max. I certainly hope the people that worked on this show do get a chance to work on a Mad Max film, because I think they would do a really good job. Um, but what just confused me was that... A good way to compare this, you know, Infinity War. And that's kind of still aimed at young children, well, not young children, but like children basically, and teenagers and stuff like that. Um, and that has an apocalyptic event happen in that movie. And basically the characters respond in a way that I find is quite believable uh, in that show. Whereas because of the light-hearted tone of this being in Power Rangers, I feel like everyone behaves in a way that doesn't feel right almost, like... Oh, everyone's dead, but let's make jokes and here's Ziggy, yeah, everything's fun and stuff. I just, it kind of, it felt weird. I, I, obviously, I, it's Power Rangers, I know I can't critique it, I know, but... I gotta disagree with you, because Andrew's the but Andrew's the butler, okay? Oh yeah, that was tragic. <laughs> Andrew's the butler. He is the representative of all of humanity, and I am still crying to this day after his death. Um, yeah, so Andrews the butler was was uh, Summer the Yellow Rangers um, butler because she was like a rich spoilt brat girl uh, before the apocalypse, and he he rescues her and he's great and I love him and um, but then but then he horrifically dies. <laughs> it's like. Can I just say also, I've got a little note on my phone here saying like, uh, when I was watching the episode, I was writing this down and I'm just going to read out what I just wrote. I said, feel sorry for the Yellow Rangers butler, aka Alfred, because he's continuously injured and disregarded, bless, and he's dead. <laughs> uh, and now he's dead. Yeah, I think the uh, most tragic character is probably Dr. K, because as we, oh as we watch on later, kind of spoilers, but... Everything that's happened is on her, kind of, because basically her backstory was she was brought up in this kind of government think tank, and all she wanted was to go outside. And but they all, all she's every she's told, oh no, you're too sick to go outside, so you need to stay inside. Maybe next year you can go outside. 
Here, do, do some math instead. Happy birthday, Kay. Can I go outside now? Kay, we've been over this. You're a very sick little girl, and the sun makes you unwell. Maybe next year. You know what could be really fun in the meantime? You could try cracking this series of encrypted rocket codes. Or you could design us a thermal-sensitive guidance system. One year, she just absolutely broke, and she made this virus to kind of shut down the systems to allow her to go outside. And, but, of course, the government kind of stops her before she's able to, to like, install like an antivirus to stop it spreading further i'm getting out of here and i'm taking you two with me but what about the sun don't you get it we aren't allergic to sunlight we never have been it was all a lie but we don't have access to alphabet soup security computers i don't need access i just need to blind the service for a few minutes with this a wireless upload of the vengex virus it's a self-aware self-generating computer virus Neat. Project Vengex. No! Gemma! Gemma, no! 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 You have to let me install the firewall to stop it! Our Vengex will spread beyond Alphabet soon! No! I just wanted to go outside! Hmm. And that's of course and that's of course Vengex, who then get breaks loose. And, and literally destroys the world. So basically this show is all about how the military industrial complex, who apparently experiments on children, um, causes the end of the world. So good, good job, American uh, military industrial complex. Just remember to change the password on your computer every week. Oh, sorry, Rick. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I did enjoy there were these little, yeah, like the whole Dr. K story that is a bit of a, a satirical bite to it. Um, the fact that, yeah, they basically just kidnap a child and just like tell her, right, you're going to make super weapons for us now. Because um, <laughs> she's like a super genius, you know, and uh, yeah. As we're talking about Dr. K, she had a prominent role, well, kind of prominent role in a certain big budget, um, big profile movie a few years before this, as when she was a young girl, I think the actress named Olivia Tennant, she was in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, as the little Rohirrim girl, mm. um, Freyda, at the start. It's just mad. It's just absolutely bonkers. It's all connected. Yeah, no. Well, it, it's it's her and um, but also the the one that blew my mind a little bit was was Rose McIver, uh, who is the lead in I Zombie, which is a show I of course watched, but I feel like people don't talk about it anymore. But yeah, that was a show I watched. But she's the lead in that, and here she is as one of the Power Rangers. And um, and James, you were saying you recognised the Red Ranger. Mm, yeah, so uh, let me get his name up just to remind myself. I've completely forgotten already. Eric Garville. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and he was in um, uh, Jessica Jones as um, Jessica's like uh, flatmate who's also a drug addict, a recovering drug addict. Uh, Jessica Jones is a good show. The first series is good. Don't watch the second and third series, and don't watch any of the other MCU Netflix stuff, apart from maybe Daredevil, because it's just not worth your time. But he's a good actor, I'm glad he's in other things. I think he's a good actor in the show, you know. So. We were talking about tragic backstories. I, I guess the big one uh, would be uh, Dylan's, the Black Ranger, 
uh, because because he's he's got the most kind of like he's the character we're first introduced to, and he has the kind of the most overarching story. Um, so yeah, once again, basically he was kid he was kidnapped uh, and turned into a cyborg by Vengex. Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. It's a cool origin, and he and oh and his oh and his memory's been wiped. So so because oh, of course it has been. So yeah, he's 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 on a quest to to reclaim his memories. That's one thing I find really interesting is um, rather uniquely this season's heavily focused on the Black Ranger, Dylan, because typically, normally the Red Ranger gets most focuses. Um, he's normally the leader or at the very least the protagonist of the show. Um, the Red Ranger yeah. this time, Scott, he does get an arc because he wants to prove himself to his father, but this time we've got the Black Ranger getting the most focus because he's trying to get his memories back and he's searching for his sister who's now working with the bad guys. You're my sister. Your sister? Are you kidding? Do I look like I'm kidding? I don't remember much. But I know that Vengex made us both hybrids. You're human, Tanaya. Newsflash! I am Generation 7 robotic technology. Maybe. Maybe not. No? Then what is this? <laughs> Oh my god, uh, how could you spoil that completely unforeseen plot detail? <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> just had to point that out. I, w I, d I do want to talk about Tanaya. A Power Engine in Space had a very similar plotline because the Red Ranger in that show, his sister, or the long lost sister, was the main bad guy. And that's something that was because like, we meet this character, the Red Ranger, and he's looking for his sister. And then about halfway through the season, you find out that it's this bad guy astronomer. Oh, it's a bit different to what they do in this show because Astronomer was kidnapped as a child and raised to be evil, whereas Tanaya, as we'll get onto later, made to be kind of like a robot, as it were. I can't believe this. What are you talking about? You're Karone, my sister. Karone? That's not true. You destroyed my parents and my brother. No, listen to me. I am your brother. Nice try, Red Ranger. But your tricks won't work on me. You mentioned, James, that there was a bit of Clint Eastwood in here. Um, and I wanted to point out, yeah, with, with Dylan and with his sister, uh, Tanaya, um, there is this detail of, of her, of them both having a, a pocket watch with a little bell chime, and that is literally the exact same origin story as Lee Van Cleef's character in For A Few Dollars More, uh, with the bell chimes playing. Um, so I, it's a great little touch, because yeah, it's brilliant, like, th that's the, the, the connection is is when um, Dylan hears Tanaya whistling a tune, and he goes, "Wait a minute, that's that's the pocket watch tune." And it's great, you know. And that's when they realise that you know their their brother and sister. Uh, but yeah, the the writers of the show they just they must have watched so many movies. They're complete nerds and they love it. Like they they obviously know their pop culture quite well. They make references to Clint Eastwood, to um, Terminator, and. Mad Max. I want to say The Godfather as well. Kind of. Oh, it's like, kind. It's kind of like a big melting pot. Like things that they were into. Like there's definitely like, of course, like the Mad Max and Terminator, which are where we get the big post-apocalyptic vibes from. And yeah, yeah. There's a few others like Clint Eastwood, like westerns, and 
yeah, the Godfather, which mainly comes through with from Ziggy and his backstory of him oh my working God. with the mob. <laughs> we we got to talk about the best character in the show, which is of course Ziggy, played by Milo Corfon. Uh, yeah, Ziggy is the comic relief. He's the he's the kind of dumb, lovable idiot who just kind of like basically stumbles into becoming a Power Ranger. He becomes it accidentally, right? Like he just kind of puts it on. He's like, oops. Yeah, and they can't. To, like reverse it. <laughs> oh yeah, Doctor K then, refuses to yeah, call so him he, Ziggy. She calls, always calls him Ranger Green. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's bumbling, but he, we all love him. He's, but the other thing is, yeah, he's like a petty criminal. When we first meet him, uh, he's like tied up in this underworld. And yeah, as you said, Rob, it's like all mafia type characters and the mob boss guy. And Ziggy's just this kind of dumb idiot who just kind of stumbled into all of this. But of course, he has a heart of gold, as we discover in his in his origin story. Uh, so he is a he is a good guy. And and but I love the way um, he fights. Uh, so most of the Power Rangers have the classic kind of just they kind of do their karate like uh, s somersault jumping around stuff. But with Ziggy, they it's cool. They always kind of made a point to show that his way of fighting is just avoiding fighting as much as possible. It just sort of bounces away. You know when like you're a, when, you know when you're a kid and you're like, on a kind of bouncing castle like running away from another kid trying to bounce away. That's Ziggy's fighting style. <laughs> He's always ducking and like rolling away and just like ah! <laughs> I don't want to be a power ranger. <laughs> This story, the most of the story in RPM is kind of non-linear. There's always flashbacks and stuff like that. And like, obviously we're introduced to the Black Ranger in the first episode. Then all of a sudden Ziggy shows up, this dork in the middle of nowhere with a stick going like, put your hands up. Um, and um, so I'm just like- It's very Mad Max. Yeah, it is. But also there's that moment, because you're kind of like a gyro captain in a way, but uh, there's that moment where you're just kind of thinking to yourself, what? How did he end up here? What, what's going on here? And how does he know about these Power Rangers and stuff like that? But then, in his origin episode, it explains and kind of connects the dots as to how he got there to begin with. I really like that. That's that's the sort of writing you're getting friggin' Breaking Bad, like non-linear storytelling to that effect. So I, I really like that. Like I mentioned, like there's stuff that they tease at early on, like Dylan's entire story, really. They tease it right at the very beginning and it like plays out throughout the entire show. So they do a really good job of kind of like pulling you on because most of the show is just classic Power Rangers. Like it is what I said about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. An evil robot shows up, he gets really big at the end, they turn into a giant robot and they punch the evil robot in the face and it blows up. That's mainly the plot, but what they do to keep you interested is tease you with all these little touches here and there like... Yeah, like, you know, Tanaya Seven and, and her story with, with Vengex as well. Tanaya has big, um, so she's like the evil hench girl, I should mention. And she reminds me so much of Shigo from uh, Kim Possible. So it makes sense that there were writers from, uh, from Kim Possible working on this show. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, she's got big Shigo vibes. So um, if you're a big Shigo fan, as I know some of my friends definitely are for reasons, um, you should definitely watch this show just for Tanaya 7 because you'll, en you'll enjoy it. <laughs> One thing I did really like about Tanaya was when she found out that Dylan was her brother, she wasn't instantly like, oh, you're my brother, I'm going to turn good now. She's in she was unsure about it, she kind of doubted herself and she was like, the only way to set this right is just to kill Dylan or destroy Dylan. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. But you know, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that Ewan in particular likes this character because, like, she there's like I'm gonna be honest, she reminds me so much of the clone Ripley from Alien Resurrection. <laughs> That's so specific. It is like, but like the way her memories are kind of been like altered and stuff like that, and she's kind of like an artificial being and stuff. And also is just like literally a threatening human that's amongst all these other monsters and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of made me remind me of the alien woman from Alien Resurrection. You've got a good got a good point there. You, a very good point. Also watch Alien Resurrection, a very good film. It is a great <laughs> film. I disagree. But yeah, speaking of the villain, I personally would have preferred it if Benjix was more of kind of like a voices presence, something like so something more like Skynet from Terminator, but because this is a show for children. I get why they went for um, Fenjix being a more tangible threat with loads of these, like, um, underlings. And I did love the dynamic they developed a bit later on where all of his um, foot soldiers were trying to one-up each other. And my favourite villain ended up being Kilobyte, who's got this really cool striking mm. design and he's got a really cool kind of um, British villain kind of voice. He's like a gay pirate. <laughs> he turn he turns up like a swashbuckler. It's amazing. He like and and yeah, he's uh he he's great because he kind of dethrones Tanaya, who's always been kind of the the leader really of of the kind of like the robot henchman. But here's this he's very sexist killer bite for a robot. He he's very sexist towards Tanaya. Um but again, that's like a fun thing for her to kind of like, you know, like you know, fight against, and another reason for her to be like, eh, actually, these robots kind of suck. Um, but Kilobyte's great. He's a really fun kind of just dynamic, like, because he turns up later on in the show as well. So he's like, and that's the other thing. Yeah, he like, he's been wandering the wastelands apparently, just like conquering the world on his on his own. Like, there's all of these robot characters who have their very specific like personas that are completely distinct from Vengex. So it's not like a Terminator situation where they're all just Skynet. You know, like, there's more going on to them, which is really fun. Yeah, no, it's good. You're late. The plan has changed. I've come to say goodbye. Where are you going? Nowhere. You're the one who is leaving. Um, I'm surprised that you guys haven't talked about uh, Flynn. The oh, he's my favourite character. Um, <laughs> he's such yeah. a good cop. I like such him because um, he's got really cool backstories. Like he grew up reading comic books and was inspired to help people because he wanted to be a superhero. And he tried all these numerous jobs. Like he tried being a policeman, a fireman. He tried being kind of like a um, like a volunteer helper. Only end up getting fired from all of them because of his good nature. He's too good. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Yeah, I, I just remembered though. Yeah, when I mentioned earlier that the, this show has satirical elements. I, I've forgotten. Yeah, one of when he goes off to volunteer, he's like working in this like kind of third world, you know, like charity organization. And it's literally like basically the charity is a front for like some capitalist like they're gonna build a factory there or something and i was like oh my god this is great <laughs> it's like an actual satirical beat and he kind of becomes braver yeah, and these uh stands against beat. them it's brilliant and yeah then, so yeah, yeah yeah he, le he leads a rebellion <laughs> and then he um so after all this fails he becomes a mechanic and then when benjix invades 
heroically commandeers a bus to rescue some survivors because he hears uh, there's like a child trapped or something. So he goes back and gets a bus and rescues everyone. Her name's Penny. She's only five years old. Sorry, Dad. And yeah, also he's Scottish, as he yeah. proudly proclaims it. Red is the perfect one. Black is the brooding bad boy. Green is the clown and yellow. Well, she's the girl. So what are you supposed to be? I'm Scottish. He's like a crossbreed between the Scotsman from Samurai Jack and a hippie. I love him. He goes out of his way to save a fish, like save the goldfish in the twilight. He saves all the children. He's like, oh no, the goldfish and the plants. He's like, no, I'll save them too. <laughs> what I love is that because he's the blue ranger, he's got this like these white harness things on around like around his body. And it's literally, it's, it's the Scottish flag. <laughs> it's just, it's really dumb. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um... There's a lot. There's a lot of character in this show. It's it's got a lot going for it. I love the the music beat that plays whenever we go to Vengex's fortress. It's like bam, bam, bam. You know, it's like little touches like that. I was like, oh, this is this is this is a good old good old time. Do you know? I kind of didn't really notice that this was all borrowed footage. I actually genuinely did not. If like no one told me that this was borrowed footage, I would not have noticed. I think in more recent years. Um, don't know when it started, but I think the um, quality of footage um, has remained the same between the two shows, whereas in like, the early shows there was like a vast difference. Like, if you go back and watch like earlier seasons, like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you will definitely see a difference when they cut to Japanese footage. Right, right, yeah, it's very, it's not as noticeable here. Uh, can I just say, uh, you know, for me, it's a criticism for the show. Is it Gemma Gemma? Sometimes I feel like I made. No, I'll get to that. I've written out. It's my last point up, but uh, after this point, which is that. For me personally, I don't know if you guys get this. I, I mean, obviously, this is catered towards kids. Kids like action stuff like that. For me, the battle scenes do drag on a little bit, and I ended up just zoning out, and then I literally like, ended up tidying up my room or something. But speaking of that, that was the one thing I did want to mention was um, uh, one fight scene I did really like. That I'm before you start trashing the fight scenes, um, I I do really love the fight scene in in the playground, which is mainly um, that's Scott and uh, Ziggy, isn't it? Uh, they're like they're like saving this this mum and her her baby, and there's like all the grinders have turned up to attack, and it, it's just really cute because it's obviously a nod to the fact that like kids are gonna be playing like Power Rangers in the playground, and I just thought it was a really cute little touch. That is an exceptional one, but what I'm more referring to is like the big Zorg fights and just like the general like them fighting in the car park or whatever like they do all the time, and I, it takes away. It is cool, but it is. At times, it can make the show feel very formulaic, although it has been done much worse because there was this show, um, season later on called Power Rangers Mega Force slash Super Mega Force, and practically every episode, there was like no story. It was literally like they kind of like talk about something, and just as you think something interesting, like a character development is going to happen, oh no, all the monsters are coming. Like the whole episode will just be 
a load of just brainless fight scenes and because they were trying to get through as much footage as possible so they, they tried to do two yeah. different Super Sentai shows in one season and it just didn't work the most I think for me like the, the least interesting thing about this show was the action and the Power Rangers stuff it was more the characters and everything else going on that interests me I like that they, they they spend a lot of the time with their cars which I really like so there's like a bit of a rivalry between um uh, yeah, between um, Scott and uh, and and Dylan, where they're, they're like fixing their cars up, and they're they're always like trying to they're always trying to one up each other. In- inevitably, I've got to bring up because Rob's now mentioned. Here's the last point I've actually written out. I've finished pretty much all my points apart this one thing, which is the show decreased in quality for me personally when Jem and Gemma became like basically regular characters of the show. I, I thought they were right in Dr. K's origin story. I thought, okay, they're a bit weird, but that's fine. But then they became reoccurring characters. They keep finishing each other's sentences for each other. They're always kind of just all full of like this weird energy to the point where it, they always, they kind of creep me out. James, do you have like a weird, do you have a weird twin phobia that we don't know about after all this time? Where you, you just look at twins and you start freaking out? <laughs> It's not. I've been friends with people that that, that are twins. That they don't finish each other's sentences. It's not not like they're doing Power Rangers RPM. <laughs> um, yeah, the points that um, Gem and Gemma got introduced. I think it was about halfway through the show, and it's interesting because halfway through the show, the original showrunner Eddie Gazelian, he got taken off the show for going over budget. So then they brought in Judd Lynn, who was um, who produced a couple of Power Rangers shows beforehand, to kind of like take the reins. So that's probably why the that kind of changed. I I wasn't as bothered by Gemma and Gemma as you guys seem to be. Like I, I you know they're they're fairly kiddie characters. They're the sort of thing that that kids will find funny because like you know it's like they yeah they finish each other's sentences and they like they like to blow things up. But also I kind of like that when we're first introduced to them, like Doctor K herself is like. Yeah, I hate you two. <laughs> like she's she's very clear that yeah, they're annoying. Um, but that that's kind of cute. I like I like that they turn up later on. I do like the detail that they mention the gold and silver Power Ranger suits like before they introduce them later on. So again, it's a nice little detail where they they um, foreshadow this this later plot development, which which is cool. Um, but yeah, no, I I know it, it is it is a bit Jar Jar Binksy. Um, which is a, which is a shame because yeah I feel I feel like I feel like Ziggy had managed to not be that whereas Gem and Gemma are definitely in that in that category yeah. Uh, one thing I want to bring up is um, um, this one this show does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. I think from what I can understand this was supposedly done to try and convince Disney to keep the show going. Didn't seem to work because the next year they just aired mm-hmm. a quote unquote special edition. Of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which is the exact same show that just overlaid these weird special effects on the top of it, so it's kind of like all these weird sparkly effects. Uh, and um, I, I think, yeah, I think um, Haim Saban, who created Power Rangers to begin with, he saw this and was like, "They're not doing anything with this," and he bought the property back from Disney. And I think because Disney weren't doing yeah. anything with it, they were happy to give it back to him. And then production of the series resumed mm. in, I think, yeah, 2011 with Power Rangers Samurai. Although, I think Savam's no longer involved. He's retired and he sold the franchise to Hasbro. And in 2000... It's just mad that Disney sold something. Sorry, yeah. 
But yeah, mm. in um, 2019, <laughs> the first Hasbro season started, which is Power Rangers Beast Morphers. And the very end of that show re reveals it that it is a sequel to RPM as spoilers. Um, it turns out the computer virus bad guy in Beast Morphers was Vengex the whole time. You're starting to put it together. A cell shift morpher that could mean only one thing. I was Vengex! I have had many forms, and now my victory is certain. So he's the computer virus that almost destroyed an entire world? Oh my god! Doesn't, uh, do doesn't Dr. K come back in that Yeah, Dr. Well? K comes back, and I think um, C Colonel Truman, I think that's his name, he comes back as well. Oh, nice. Wow. That's cool. I'm glad I'm glad they've they've come back. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, it's a bit kind of weird because um, I think the kids watching Beast Morphers might not, probably weren't alive when RPM aired, so... That's fine. They've, they've got to watch. They've got to watch RPM now. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how RPM is literally like in deliberately made into a separate universe from the rest of the Power Rangers. In fact, that also makes me turn around and go, hang on a minute, so all the Power Rangers are all, like, shows connected in one fictional universe? Is that how it works? I didn't know that. So, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers had three seasons. Um, after that, they went to, right. um, like, an intercool series called pa Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers, and then they right. went on to Power Rangers EO. It's basically they just changed the kind of suits and powers, but it was the same characters basically. Um, this continued until Power Rangers in Space, which was supposed to be like this big concluding series where all the bad guys from previous seasons were all part of this big thing called the United Alliance of Evil. And yeah, that, that was supposed to conclude everything because they thought it was going to be the last one. And then Lost Galaxy onwards kind of Lost Galaxy was established kind of before we had ties to the previous seasons but it was its own thing with a new cast of Rangers and everything and every season since then has kind of been its own thing although I think um, RPM and what's it called um, Dino Charge are both in separate Beast universes oh. Beast Morphers is in its is in the main Power Rangers universe but because a late um, the previous season Ninja Steel established that um you can travel between dimensions and oh, no. that's so Vengex travel between <laughs> dimensions basically <laughs> oh my god it, oh. there's like a, the, a, what is it like a Power Rangers cinematic universe or something I like that all of the the robot enemies all apparently have the same shooting abilities as stormtroopers because every time they shoot they'll always shoot just behind the Power Rangers so you get these amazing explosions and all the characters get thrown in, thrown a hundred feet into the air and they go whoa and it's great <laughs> and you have to see every Power Ranger do that it's not just the one Power Ranger who like gets thrown into the air no all of them do and you see you see each one get thrown into the air <laughs> that wasn't always I think that that trend started um, during the Disney era okay that's interesting yeah yeah, so I think Disney wanted to cut down on okay. more of the kind of like the punching and kicking, so they just um, substituted that with more explosions. 
as you do. I did like the um the behind the scenes episode that they did where Ziggy Ziggy pulls the what I loved is that they did it but so all the characters were still the characters but then they were just showing you how they do the behind the scenes stuff and one of them they did show was how they do do the explosions you know it's all like safety first don't do this at home kids um and they showed how like how they practiced all of their choreography and it was it was really cute and I really like that Tanaya the Tanaya's just sitting around with all the grinder robots looking after it's great when you mentioned the don't try this at home thing that reminds me when I used to watch Power Rangers this was on when it was on Fox Kids or Jetix whenever it finished they showed up this like safety disclaimer after every episode saying please remember the Power Rangers are not real they're all played by specially trained martial arts experts and please do not co- try and copy them for mm. your own safety yeah that's fair <laughs> do you want to hear a warning I know you do. Well, listen to me carefully. The Power Rangers know their stuff. I don't do what they do. I don't want you to copy anything that they do. You hear me? Yeah! Alright. I do like they're having so much fun on set as well. It looks like such a good vibe that was going on on that show. Well, the testament to that is that, um, if I find out, yeah, is that Milo Corfun, Olivia Tennant, Ari Boyland, who plays Flynn, and uh, Adelaide Kane all came back to do a movie together called Blood Punch, which I want to watch. And that was directed by Madeleine Paxson, who was a screenwriter for RPM, as well as uh, Kim Possible. So, yeah, apparently they've they've stayed pretty good friends in, uh, since the since that since the show. And it was just really it was really cute seeing that. And I want to see the film because apparently it's good. And of course, um, Ziggy and Doctor K's actors. They were married for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> so yeah, no, it is really cute. It's such a cute, um, like, dynamic. Like, all, all the characters, are like, they play off each other really well. It's a good cast. Um, and, you know, it, while, while it is fairly kid-friendly, there's some nice dark stuff to it that kind of keeps your interest. And, uh, yeah, it's a good old, good old show. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. I recommend it. Um, if you, even if you're not a big Power Rangers fan, like you watch it as its own thing. Don't need to watch anything else to understand it. So yeah, ev- everything's explained to you as you watch the show, and of course, it takes place in its own universe, so as, you don't as, have to worry. As someone who has not watched Power Rangers, I had a good time. So I think you know, if if you ever want to dip into Power Rangers, Power Rangers RPM is a cool one to to kind of check out especially because it's kind of it's in its own universe thing so that's fine if you don't want to get caught up in the whole big continuity this is a good intro uh to the general premise of the show i guess and if you're like me and you and you watched it as a as a kid uh you're in for a ride yeah and (laughs) also watch power rangers time force because that one's really fun but yeah ewan what are we talking about next Mm -hmm. time Charlie, you look quite down with your big sad eyes and your big fat frown. The world doesn't have to be so grey. We're doing Charlie the Unicorn, uh, the famous or infamous uh, YouTube series, which of course started off with uh, Charlie being tormented by a pink and a blue unicorn uh, as they journey off to Candy Mountain. Uh, It's a, a... a YouTube series close to my heart uh, for being insane and the best that the internet has ever produced and I'm very excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never seen it. 
This, <laughs> this, this sounds like an experience as someone who has never watched this before. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it, you have a lot of fun, Rob. It's a musical extravaganza. It's, it's amazing. You, you got a little taster of one of the songs just now. So, yeah, until next time, the Bloobcast bids you farewell. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Bloobcast. We've been Rob, James and Ewan. You can find all of our episodes on bloobcast.com. We're also available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have a YouTube channel where we produce shorter episodes called Bloobnets, where we discuss the latest news in popular culture. You can find us on social media with at Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Please like, follow and subscribe so you can get the latest updates on new episodes. We also have an email address which is bloopcast.outlook.com so if you have any feedback or want to suggest things for us to review in our future episodes please feel free to drop us an email and you'll get a shout out on the next episode. Please also rate and review us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. More engagement helps us a lot. And finally, please share the podcast amongst your friends and family. Help spread the word so that the Bloopcast Empire can become strong and mighty. The Power Rangers battle evil with new RPM battle gear. The Nitro Blaster has engine cell technology to activate sound command. Activate. Then morphs to sword mode. Now grab your cell shift morpher to call your zord. Let's go, Rangers! Then get in here with the rev shift morpher. Go full throttle on evil. Yeah! New RPM DX battle gear. Each sold separately. Bandai!